Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag, the best place to be when you're trying to place an online wager now that we're into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And Pittsburgh not in it, but we still got to bet online. <laughs> <laughs> we still, we still got to bet online. They open 24-7, 365. Online is the key part. That means if you're waking up and you got to use the bathroom at midnight and you want to place a bet because you forgot during the day, go ahead on bet online. If you thirsty and you get up out of bed because you felt like you dehydrated, go ahead on bet online. <laughs> if you just want to place a bet, period, go ahead on and bet online. Ike, you redeemed yourself because you just had to stick it in that the Steelers got knocked out of the playoffs in the wild card round. But head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is also brought to you by Manscaped, the best in below-the-waist men's grooming I Manscaped sent me a kit. It's fantastic. I feel you. I still got to go to my, uh, my mailbox and get my Manscaped. But from off of the, the advertisements and the commercials, everything stayed groomed downstairs. You know what I'm saying? So, ladies, if you have a loved one, if you got a boyfriend, if you just think you need to get a gift, go on and go to Manscaped. Go on and make sure that man groomed below the belt line. Hygiene is so important, and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code STEALERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, and use the code STEALERS. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined, as always, by my guy, number 24, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, it is Friday, and I want to get right into it. The Steelers aren't going to bring back offensive coordinator Randy Feekner. I wanted to get your thoughts on that decision. That's tough. Hopefully, the next coordinator, if Big Ben is there, Ben just got to listen, bro. He got to listen to the OC and understand what's best for the team. I know Coach Randy. Um, I knew Coach Randy mindset when it came down to the offense. If you look at him coming from Memphis, it was D'Angelo Williams and company. So he wanted to run the ball. Um, at the same time, Big Ben Seven is on the field. And Seven felt like at the time or throughout the whole process of the season, the strength was the wide receiver core. So this basically boils down to Seven. You know, Seven got to understand, one, we try and look out for your best interest because you're older veteran guy on the team so you got to do some kind of listening that's what I think it boils down to my city talking to Matt Canada I love Matt Canada as as a guy Uh, he's in the organization and he would know but for me I need to get somebody outside I I don't want somebody inside the house I need somebody to tell seven hey man this is what we're doing we're running the ball because if I'm seven and I'm putting myself in seven shoes if I'm seven Man, I felt like you just you, you just like a Randy. You know what I'm saying? So if I want to change the whole script, if I want to start throwing, throwing the ball, I'm going to throw the ball. So I think for that side, for the offensive side, um, I kind of knew it was coming with Coach Randy, but I know Coach Randy's intentions, and that was to run the ball. But at the same time, if you want to hire Matt Canada, I don't think that would be a good idea if seven is still there. If you get your new quarterback, they're fine. But 
going on, blow that part up, get you somebody outside who understands. I saw Schottenheimer also was was on the list as well because Seattle let him go. And you know what he liked to do? He liked to run the ball. Go on, get back to old school Pittsburgh Steelers running the ball. Pass it when you need to. And whenever you feel like seven need to just let that thing air out, we'll let him air out. But we got to have an identity. And, and it wasn't running the ball for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. A fresh perspective, I think, could really help the Steelers roster in the sense that you bring in a fresh voice, especially considering that Big Ben's only under contract for one more season. Ike, I know the fan base is probably pretty happy about not deciding to bring Randy Feekner back. If you look at any kind of post that the team made during the last two seasons, it was always pointing out the struggles that the offense had. But you've got to have the personnel to be able to do that. And certainly injuries contribute to that some along the offensive line. I don't know if this automatically makes the Steelers better. And what I mean by that is this. You can't make a gourmet meal with bologna and potato chips. You can try all you want to, but you can't. And so when the team struggles during the 2019 season, a year where they didn't score more than 27 points in a single game, yeah, you do get Big Ben back this season, and you're down in the hole against Cleveland in the playoff game, and Roethlisberger has to throw the ball 68 times. That's not a recipe for success, but you're facing such a large deficit You've got to look at the whole body of work, not just this season, not just the 2019 season. Since Randy Feekner's been the offensive coordinator, the Steelers haven't made the playoffs other than this past season. And really, that's what I look at in the sense that Mike Tomlin says, and this is a quote, I'm not going to maintain the status quo and hope it changes. That's the definition of insanity. He's putting his money where his mouth is and making changes along his coaching staff. And we saw that in the sense that they're not going to bring back Randy Feekner as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, but a lot of that had to do with Seven. You know what I'm saying? You, you can say what you want to say. Like, if Seven could easily say, man, let's run this thing. I, I don't think Coach Randy was like, let's pass the ball 48 times a game. Coach Randy is a flagship pass guy. You know what I'm saying? He wants to start off running the ball. So it, it has a lot to do with Seven. Let, I'm just going to be point blank, period, 100% with it. Seven got to want to change his ways, man. Not just to get to, to the playoffs, to actually win a playoff game now. So I ain't talking about getting to the playoffs. I'm talking about actually winning a playoff game. You got to run the ball, bro. That's just what it is. Like teams who are in the playoffs right now, they have some kind of running game. The only team who really don't have a running game is the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, they'll run it when they need to, but you can't say the identity is them running the ball. But other than that, you know, the Packers, they can run it if they want to. Le'Veon Bell, now Le'Veon Bell is about to take off because he's about to get back into the running because even Eric Bieniemy said it last year, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, like, man, we got to run the ball in the playoffs. So you, you, you see what they're doing in the playoffs. Like, all your, all your good teams, they understand. Even Tom Brady, as good as Tom Brady. Even Drew Brees, as good as Drew Brees. Them boys have a sense of, man, for us to be balanced and get to what we need to get, we got to be able to run the ball. And that's what the Pittsburgh still is. And it ha that has to be seven. Like seven can trump. He's been up for too long. He can trump anybody that comes in and be like, you know what? I've been here long enough. I've had a very successful career. And my success, other than some things I did, was having a good defense and us establishing some kind of run game. Nobody would tell seven anything. But if seven don't want to change that part, we're going to be saying the same thing again. They're going to go 11 and five next year. They're going to get into the playoffs and they're going to lose. So 
in order to fix that, it, it got to start with seven, Mark. Mark. Seven got to go in and say, look, man, let's establish a running game. You're not wrong in the sense that the Steelers had the second fewest rushing yards for a Steelers team in the history of the Super Bowl era. And it was the fewest rushing yards of any team in the league this season. Worst rushing offense because they didn't commit to it and because they passed the ball at such a higher rate than they ran the ball. Again, if, but if you're getting two, three yards a carry, you got to figure something out. It was a tale of two seasons, Ike, because if you would have asked me in October, I said, let's put the Steelers against the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. We said it here on this show. And for whatever reason, after you go 11-0 and and really leading up to those last few victories that were of not that high of a margin, you lose five of your last six and you have to ask yourself what went wrong. And certainly the ability to run the football was clearly compromised this season because it got to the point of, okay, we can make up for it in the quick passing game, but then not able to score points. Like really the only time the Steelers played well on the back half of the season was in the second half against the Indianapolis Colts in kind of a do-or-die situation. Yeah. The receivers they bought in, which surprised me, didn't play well. Because the receivers they had on the field are cold weather receivers. These guys went to colleges, the Toledos, the Notre Dames, the Oklahoma States, the USC's. These guys went to colleges. When you come, when you go to, to the, their state, is November, December football. It's cold as hell in Ohio. It's cold as hell. It's cold as hell in Notre Dame. As much as California is known for its weather, when it comes down to November, December at nighttime, it's cold as hell. You know what I'm saying? When it go, you go to Oklahoma, you go to Oklahoma, it's cold November, December. For those guys not to come through, not to come through consistently. So the 11-0 season was the fall season. The weather was good. The sun was out. We get into these, these months where it gets a little cold, your hands feel a certain way. The ball coming out different. The ball gets bigger. Your hands get a little bit number faster. They didn't play like how I expected. Mark, I expected the receivers that the Pittsburgh Steelers had that are known to play in cold weather. They acted like they played in. They acted like they played college in Florida weather. So my expectation was was different going into the season because we talked about this and we talked about the quick passing game, and the first thing came to my mind was. Oh man, they got receivers that play in the cold weather. So they should be straight by the time November, December came. November, December came, it wasn't like that. And getting back to your point as far as like establishing the run game, they never did. So yeah, you're going to average two or three yards, two or three yards a game because the offensive alignment, they're not used to putting their body on defensive tackles, defensive ends, outside linebackers. They used to dropping back in pass sets. So when you when you have a top five offensive line like a Cleveland throughout the whole year, when you get into the playoffs, you're looking for a TJ White in the playoff game and you can't find him. Them boys used to smashing people's faces. When you when you get a Baltimore Ravens going against the Tennessee Titans and they're establishing the run game in the past four weeks, them boys used to smashing faces. So when when you get into a Green Bay, as, as much as we talk about Aaron Rodgers, they can do both, bro. They, they can pass the ball, they can run the ball. But they understand, and Aaron Rodgers understands just as well, man, in order us to have some kind of balance attack, I got to run the ball. When you go into New Orleans Saints and you see Drew Brees throwing these play action passes, really not throwing deep, but everything is like mid-range between 15 and 25 yards per pass if you want to. 
They got Alvin Kamara in the back. When you see the offensive tackle off of a run play, dragging a guy out of bounds, and it becomes the highlight of the game, it's because of the run game. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, they got to get back to that. If they don't get back to that, one, they're not making the playoffs. Two, they're going to go 11 to 5. Worst case scenario, 10 to 6. Seven has to say, I tried my way in 2020. I tried my way. It looked good for a minute. It didn't work. I want to come back this last year. Can y'all help me out by letting me or we establish a run game? They're they, they going to be, man, them, them smiles going to be so big. It's going to be so big, but that helps your offensive line, man. You, you don't put your offensive line in a lot of vulnerable situations when you run the ball. These teams get smarter, Mark, as the season go along. They know, you know what, since I'm not sacking Ben, I'm going to get close enough and just push the pocket and put my hands up. And maybe one of my homeboys around me will catch this tip ball. You know what I'm glad saying? you mentioned so, that. I'm glad you mentioned that because he had the second highest tip rate of any quarterback in the league. And Big Ben's a giant back there. What is he, like 6'5"? Hey, them boys gathering information. That's all they're doing. When, when they start watching these TVs and these highlights and they see how fast Big Ben getting rid of the ball less than 0.1 seconds, shoot, if we can't get to him, man, don't jump, y'all. Just y'all get close enough to him, put your hand up. And hopefully somebody get in the passing lane, get a tip ball, and one of our guys off our team will come down with it. So they started doing that like the last four weeks. That's all you saw was tip balls. Go to that Buffalo game. They was tipping. They weren't even trying. They weren't even trying to get the seven. They was pushing the pocket, understanding the ball was coming out fast and getting their hands up. And this is incredible that you're noticing this as a retired player, let alone if you have game planned and watch hours and hours and hours of film in preparation for the game. Ike, I'm going to steal a point that you mentioned a few weeks ago that I think that's really smart in committing to running the football. You mentioned the muscle memory. Think about anything that you do in life to where if you have the muscle memory to do it, you don't even think twice about it. If you have the muscle memory of play after play after play after play, being in pass protection where you're not downhill as you would be running the football, I think that that is a key point in all of this as well. And that's a point you made a few weeks back. Attacking. When your offensive line, you're used to, and you got a real good running game, all y'all know is attack. All y'all know is applying pressure. When you're a passing team, like how the Pittsburgh still offensive line was, you just catch it. You just absorb it. So yeah, when I'm trying to get a third and one and I can't get a third and one, when I'm trying to get a fourth and one at crunch time and I can't get a fourth and one, my body ain't used to attacking. My body's used to catching. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line, the more they would have ran, the more they would have put their body in attack mode. But the fact that they passed, they always used to catching. So it's like, what angle? If you, if you want me to get a third and one, what angle do I use to attack? I'm not used to this guy lining up in this shade. I'm not used to really putting my weight on a defense alignment at this particular moment. I'm used to, on the third and one, going back, we'll do a wide receiver screen or we'll throw a slant, the ball coming out fast. It's muscle memory. You got to get your body. That's why Coach Coward and the young Coach Tomlin, we used to practice in our pads all the time because they wanted our bodies to get used to contact, 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 contact. Then your body build for it. It gets immune to it. So it doesn't take you enough time to recover. Like your recovery is faster once your body gets used to it. If your body ain't used to it, man, 
you sore and it takes a while for your body to recover from it. But if your body used to it, it's like, this is what this is what I do. When we going back out and doing this, I, you know what I'm saying? So that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers have to do, man. They got to get their body back in that muscle memory, but in a running game form. Absolutely. And so we'll see where the Steelers go with the offensive coordinator position. Ike, I think you bring up a lot of great points on the things that they should look for, whether they decide to hire internally or look outside the organization to replace Randy Feekner. We will go to Chase Claypool's latest comments. And Ike, before the pod, we were talking, you thought these were the same comments that he had said on his TikTok saying that he thinks that the Browns are going to get clapped against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll read his full quote just So we have the context. He said this on DAZN. He said, if the Browns had won with more class, then I wouldn't have been so salty about it. But them mocking Juju just didn't sit right with me. They can enjoy the win and another week of football, but they'll be on the couch right next to me next week. He might not be wrong because the Chiefs are 10-point favorites, and we'll get into that divisional round matchup here in a bit, Ike. But after a certain point, just set off the stage, accept that the Browns beat you in back-to-back weeks to end your season. Use that as motivation and just move on. Like at this point, like why is he even responding to a question like this saying, you know, if I'm a player, Hey, we got beat credit to them. We'll see how far we can go. We're going to try to get him back next year. Like it's simple. Like why is he being so salty about this? I think it's stupid. I love Chase as a receiver. Of course, what, of course. I, I, I love what Chase brings to the table as a Pittsburgh Steeler. I like the fact that Chase is looking after his big bro. I don't agree with what Chase is saying. From this point on, and this, this is this is just me speaking. Okay, I'm gonna give him a pass because he's a rookie. You know, after the first four games in the NFL, you, you're not a rookie. You got to do one year in four games to be considered not a rookie. Chase man up, bro. Go on, take that L. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong. When you winning, when you winning, you can say whatever you want to say to somebody. There is no class when it comes down to it. Because everything was in between the lines. Everything was in between the lines. You talk with your play on the football field. And this, this is just what I saw. I saw the defense flying around. I'm talking about Cleveland. I saw the defense flying around, being very aggressive, wanting more. That's what I saw. On the offensive side of Cleveland, I saw them establish the line, establish a run game, and we're doing a lot of catching, no attacking. So, Chase, let it go, bro. Take the L like a man and ask yourself, Chase, what more could I have done in that game? Or how can I get better from hell now? Because the NFL stands for not for long. So this year you was a you was a go deep guy. Make sure you come into the offseason, Chase, and be like, give me some of these slants so I can take to the house. Give me some of these digs where I can come down 15-yard digs. I might have to take a hit or two and get first downs for y'all. Y'all do not label me as a go deep guy. I don't want that on my resume. We can if y'all need me to. But go on, give me some of these short passes to where I can take some of these short passes to the crib and get some of these hard, hard third, these third and threes. That's what I'm asking you to do, Chase. And take this L like a man because it's over with. They playing this weekend coming up. You sitting at home. Ain't nothing wrong with that. 
there's only one team that goes on to win the Super Bowl and is satisfied with its season. If I'm Chase, build on what was a really strong rookie year. He exceeded expectations that I had and is a second round player. He played really, really well for this team this season. No, so again, exactly like you say, I take the L and I am curious to see what he does next season, but more specifically what he does against the Browns in that AFC North matchup. But we will move to the divisional round games. You've got Rams at Packers, Ravens at Bills, Browns at Chiefs, and Bucks at Saints. Ike, I want to open this up to you. What game are you most looking forward to watching this weekend? And we'll start there. Man, I want to see what the Browns do. All right. That's see- a good transition. I appreciate yeah. you, Ike. Man, I-, I want to see that run game get established. I felt KC just been getting by. I know KC can put up a lot of points, but they can put up a lot of points if they stop an opposing team running game. And I know if the Browns just stick to the running game, man, that's a four to six minute offense. Now you're making KC press. I seen last year what what Patrick Mahomes, you know, had these unbelievable comebacks because the Houston Texans got too cute. You up 2017 some points, man, and you won't throw the ball. Now I'm about to run this thing. You only get three timeouts in the second half. Each half, you only get three timeouts. Just say you go to a four-minute offense. Hey, I might, hey, Deshaun, on third down, let's keep it third and three or third and five. On third down, Deshaun, we're gonna, I'm going to do an RPO. I'm going to give you a run-pass option. Hey, running backs, it got 17-24-0 because we've been running the ball. I need y'all to run the ball like y'all never ran the ball before. Man, you get, you get four – you get four four-minute offenses in the second half, y'all won the game. But guess what? They got too cute. OC got too cute. Bill O'Brien got too cute. It's a reason why he not done. And Patrick Mahomes, like, man, the more you keep throwing this ball, incomplete passes, the clock going to stop. So y'all know all I need is two plays, maybe three out of possession. <laughs> two or three plays out of possession, regardless on where I'm at on the field, to score these touchdowns. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. But I think the, the Browns' recipe, bro, and I'm looking at Baker Mayfield grow up. Baker is growing up right in front of your eyes. It, it starts with Stefanski. He is growing up right in front of your eyes. These receivers, these people Jones, these Jarvis Landry's who've been consistent. And we ain't even talk these Austin Hoopers, these David and Joku's. Like, bro, he, he got some, he got some weapons. <laughs> he he got some weapons, but it's the third and threes where he's running the ball and he's not sliding. He's diving. It. He's diving for it. And we talked about this two weeks ago when he did it against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cleveland. Like, oh, yeah, that's that's the game changer. That's when you're on defense and you sit down and you see Baker Mayfield do that like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got to get a little man everything he's looking for. I got to give him the ball back. Hey, defense, y'all saw what Baker just did? Like, he went head first on this third and three. Y'all saw that? Yeah, we saw that. Hey, man, let's get a man the ball back. Like, it, it does something to you on the defensive side mentally. Oh, yeah, we got a quarterback that's going to sacrifice everything right now because he understands how big this moment is. There's a reason why I think that long-term Baker Mayfield set up for the best long-term success better than Lamar Jackson. And I've said that. People might think I'm nuts. A lot of it has to do with the history of the quarterback position in this league. Regardless, they're both in the divisional round. 
You see the strength of the AFC North in the young quarterback position, which is why we think the Steelers need to draft a quarterback this offseason to be Big Ben's successor. Your most ardent Browns fan this weekend, the case with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, is going to point to the fact that the Chiefs haven't won a game by more than one score since November the 1st in a win over the New York Jets. And I know you've been pointing this out to me week after week after week after week that the Chiefs have just been getting by. A lot of those games, they've gotten out to a lead in their playing by trying to protect the lead. But I do think that if the Browns can establish the running game with Chubb and Hunt, Hunt's going up against his former team as well. He even said that it's personal. That's got to be your recipe. On the other side of the ball, though, can you get enough stops against Mahomes and the Chiefs? Can you keep him off the field? I know the Browns are also due to get back Denzel Ward. I wish that the Browns could clone Denzel Ward because of all the weapons that the Chiefs have on offense. But that's just kind of my thought process going into this game. I mean, I don't think you defend the lead. KC has been maxing out early in the first half. Then teams been adjusting to KC. And no, they, they didn't come back and win the game, but they've been getting close. KC haven't seen the team that run like the Cleveland Browns. They don't have, they're not built to stop the run. On defense, they're built to, our offense is going to put some points up on you. We got some good ass pass rushers. And we got some guys on the back end that can pick the ball off whenever we need to. It's going to be a little bit different, bro, when you have these linebackers that's not used to this contact 24-7 and stopping Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt. It's a little bit, it's a little bit different when you just swim moving an offensive line lineman trying to get to the quarterback. It's a little bit different where you might got to spill once or twice a game to make it bounce out to a cornerback. It's a little bit different when, when cornerbacks, now they game planning, man, down, down, and around. What am I telling you? Guard block down, tackle block down, tight end block down. We're going to make sure these cornerbacks get a one-on-one -on -one situation with our running backs. That's going to be the game plan. It's a little bit different when they're asking the, the light guys, the secondary guys, to make tackles. That's what Cleveland is doing. That's what Cleveland is doing. And it's going to be like a Coach Mitch. I remember Coach Mitch used to say all the time, hey, man, when we play in the Baltimore Bravers, bring your big boy pass, secondary. When we play, when we play in the old, the old school Jacksonville with the Fred Taylors and Maurice Jones-Drews and the Greg Jones and the LeBron and Tofields, I bring your big boy pass. That secondary for KC, they got to bring their big boy pass, bro. Cause this this is this is this is the perfect matchup for the Cleveland Browns to have an upset. Now, if it was Cleveland and the Baltimore Ravens, I would be saying something different. I would be saying the Baltimore Ravens are built for this. But since on the defensive side for Cleveland, but since it's Cleveland, I see how the Kansas City Chiefs defense is built. They're built like the New Orleans Saints defense. Our offense is going to score a lot of points. I'm going to draft guys who can get to the quarterback. I'm going to get guys who can catch picks on the secondary part. This game right here, Marky Mark. <laughs> you talking about bringing big boy pants? This is a 1990s run game in the era of the 2000s. We're going to see how the Kansas City Chiefs secondary stand up into tackling 
Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb. Another guy back due for the Browns, not just Denzel Ward from the defensive standpoint, not just head coach Kevin Stefanski. You also get back left guard Joel Batonio, the longest tenured player on the team, a Pro Bowl left guard for this Browns offensive line that just wrecks dudes at the line of scrimmage. So another player due back for the Browns, someone you're probably not going to hear a whole lot about, someone who's not going to move that 10-point line, but a guy who's a key, key contributor and helps this Browns line and Browns running game go. Ike, it sounds like that you are at least are going to take the Browns to cover the 10 points. Do you like them to upset the Chiefs? There ain't no cover. The way I'm talking, this ain't no cover. Ain't, ain't, ain't nobody cold. Ain't nobody asking for no cover. This ain't no negative three. I'm taking them boys to win this one. Wow. I got the Cleveland Browns. I got Cleveland to upset and beat the Chiefs. See, this is where I differ from you because of all the weapons that the Chiefs have. I hear what you're saying from the Browns offensive standpoint against the Chiefs defense. I'm with you there. What I can't follow is defensively from the Browns. I trust Miles Garrett. I trust Denzel Ward. I don't know who else on the Browns defense that I inherently trust. And considering that Patrick Mahomes can put up points in an instant, and I go back to last year's game against the Houston Texans where he's able to erase a deficit pretty quickly – That is the concern that I have from the Browns' standpoint. Browns offensively, if they can do what they did against the Steelers, how I look at it is this, Ike. When the Steelers cut the deficit to 12 points in the AFC wildcard game, and if they convert that fourth and one instead of deciding to punt, Steelers go and score on that drive and cut it to a one-score game, even despite the fact that the Browns got out to a 28-to-nothing lead. We're still sitting there and saying this is still a close game. And the Steelers very nearly cut it to a one-score game. And that's why I think with an even better offense with the Chiefs, that they're not going to be able to keep up and that the Chiefs offense is just too potent. So that's why I like the Chiefs, and that's why I like the Chiefs to cover by 10. Tell off of last year. I'm just going off of this year. I'm going off the last four games where they've been winning by seven. Because last year the Pittsburgh Steelers went 8-8. Eight eight. This year they went 11-0 for a certain point of time, and they wound up getting their bus kicked in the playoff game. So, no, I ain't going off. I'm just going off of what I see the last month and a half. And they having a bye? Bro, you get the rhythm. What, what, well, you hang on, hang on. I think the bye helps, Ike. I'm going to push back here. I'm going to push back here. There's a reason, and I know the format is different this year than in years past with the seven teams per conference getting in. The last team that to get into the Super Bowl, to get in without a bye week, was the 2012 Ravens. So that is something I'm watching this weekend with the Packers and the Chiefs having the bye, the only two teams with a bye, if that holds with the new format. Yeah, this ain't. Them boys in the rhythm. The Cleveland, Cleveland I'm, I'm looking at matchups. I'm looking at matchups. This, I'm just saying this because I've been in both scenarios. I, I, I've had the bye, and we was a sixth seed, and we was a wild card seed at one point in time in my career. We felt like we, were, we would rather be that six seed and stay in the groove throughout the whole course than sit, rest, and have a bye. Now, don't get me wrong. That bye, a lot of people can rest that you probably didn't have that's coming back and you're fresh. But you're going to see in the first half, you're going to text me or call me <laughs> and be like, dang, I, KC is a little bit off on offense. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, that's the buy. <laughs> the, second, the, the second half, I think they're going to figure that out. 
But the first half, guarantee you gonna come and be like, the Chiefs is a little bit off right now. Like on the on offense, I'm saying that's what the bye, what the bye week do, bro. The bye week make you be off a little bit. You get out the rhythm, you know. Uh, I care the best. <laughs> You're the absolute best. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Let's go to the Rams against the Packers. Packers, a six and a half point favorite. Again, the Packers, the other team that has a bye week coming into this one. And Ike, John Wolford's going to be out for the Rams, so it's going to be the Jared Goff show. My guy Blake Bortles is the backup. If he could somehow get into this game, I will be delighted because I enjoyed watching him as the Jaguars quarterback many moons ago during that 2017-2018 playoff run to the AFC Championship game. But the matchup I want to watch, and it's a great one, Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey on the outside, one of the best receivers in the NFL against perhaps the NFL's best cornerback. I can't wait to see those two guys go head to head. One, I don't want to see Blake Bortles in the game because I saw what he did <laughs> to Jacksonville. Jacksonville had probably one of the best defenses in the league at the time. And Blake, Blake stunk it up for him. Blake couldn't get 10 points. He couldn't get them boys 10 points. You would rather see, I got a question for you, Mark. At What's this up? present moment, at this present moment, who would you want as your quarterback for one game? Henneke from Washington team or Blake Bortles? Oh, I'll take Heineke. Rec- more recent sample size. I don't know how Blake Bortles fits into the Rams system well, or if he knows it. So I'll take Heineke every time in that. Take a, take, a, take a system out of it. We're talking about giving my team a chance. Blake Bortles had plenty of chances. First round draft pick, very high, plenty. Well, like, I'm joking around. I mean, I'm saying, that, like, I want to see him out on the field. I'm saying I want to see him out on the field uh, facetiously in the sense that the Jaguars won in spite of him back in the day, not because of him. I don't even, even want to see him. I don't even want to see him. I really don't want to see him at all. Give me Heineke. Give me, give me, give me Heineke. I'll, I, I'll rather watch Heineke any day. Right now, over a lot of quarterbacks. That's another story. You want to talk about Devontae Adams and, and Jalen Ramsey? I mean, you seen what Jalen been doing. Jalen, Jalen this year, this year Jalen had a Hall of Fame year. This year, off the receivers he was playing against, off of the the advantage he was 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 getting, it's more attitude in the secondary with Jalen. Jalen attitude, obviously, you can see, is very contagious. And it seems like Jalen has become a leader in that secondary, but I think it starts off on that whole team with Aaron Donald, period. But Jalen, if you look at the DKs, if you if you look at the the Evans, if you look at everybody he the, the if you look at everybody he's faced, I think the most was it was Mike Evans. He did four for forty. 
that that was the most the man the man had against him. Um, this year you only won't see him. And you know how we feel. You know how we feel about DK Metcalf. You know we feel he is an alien. He's from a whole different planet. Jaden, me too. <laughs> Jaden, like if y'all think DK from a different planet, <laughs> ain't even from this universe, bro. <laughs> like me too. <laughs> Wherever he from, I'm from the other side. On where, where he from? So that's 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 what Jalen been doing, bro. So. Jalen, this year, man, I'm gonna take Jalen over everybody because he just when you in that zone, and usually you don't be in that, you be in the zone for a couple of games. But Jalen been in the zone this year. He's just been in a totally different zone, and I think it's I think it's the Sean McVay environment. I think that fits Jalen's personality and attitude and, and his, the way he plays. Perfect. They're gonna be there for a long time. Them two between Aaron Donald. Sean McVay and Ramsey, I think them two, them two gonna be there for a long time. But just off of Coach Sean McVay's personality, I think it fits well with Jalen. Ike, something I learned from you watching cornerbacks as well. Ramsey's really stout in the running game as well. It's not just guarding the other team's best receiver against the other team's Ferrari or whatever high-speed car you want to compare a receiver to. He's also been very, very good at shutting down the running game on the outside, on the perimeter. And that's something that I've noticed with his play this season. You mentioned Aaron Donald, and he comes into this game a little bit banged up. I think the equalizer is going to be how good Aaron Rodgers is at drawing opposing defenses off sides in the hard count, getting a free play and either chucking it down the field or getting another penalty at a pass interference. I've watched Aaron Rodgers do this now for years in getting teams to jump on a hard count and he gets a free play. And with the free play, I'm always terrified because I feel like the defense kind of gives up because they think it's an offside. No, they run the play and he gets a long completion down the field. And if he doesn't complete the downfield pass, the Packers get five yards because of an offsides encroachment penalty. That's what the Rams defense working on right now. That's the first thing the defense coordinator, Coach Sean McVay, said in the Monday morning meeting. Hey, defense, this is going to come down to these few plays right here. These 32s, these 33s, and this is what Aaron Rodgers does well. This hard, so we got to sit We got to sit in the saddle on these on these hard counts, defensive line. So as, as you're saying this right now, I'm sure throughout the course of the week, they call it situational football in practice. In them situational times in practice, they've been working on hard counts for that defensive line. I can't even imagine you have to get home with four against Rodgers. You can't blitz him or he'll chew you alive all day, but you've got to get home against him. But it's so hard to do that because if you jump off sides, you have the fear of him completing a deep downfield pass. And he's so good at recognizing when it happens. So you've got to try to get home, but Normally, you try to get off the ball quickly and get off the snap quickly. It's hard to do that against him. So the challenges that that presents, I think that is a great equalizer for the Packers in slowing down an opposing team's pass rush, a pass rush with the Rams led by Aaron Donald. That's one of the best in the NFL. You know, it slows down Aaron Rodgers when you heard that don't mind bumping and running and getting on the line and the that's what's going to happen. 
so the Rams defense against the, the Packers offense, it's gonna it's gonna be a total feel for it's gonna be a total feel for for let's see what they want to do for this game. If the Rams defense and they feel like they can bump and run and just throw Jalen on Devontae, if Devontae stays outside and them boys start bumping and running, if the Rams secondary bump and run, it's gonna be a long day for the Packers. A long day for the Packers. That's something the Packers haven't faced all this year. So, so far, Aaron Rodgers has, just has been lining up, saying what coverage you win and throwing that open guy. You got a second, when you got a secondary that's not scared of getting up there, bumping the running, understanding they about to disrupt the timing, it's going to be a long day because they can get home with four or five. Then, if you want to send five guys on Aaron Rodgers and your secondary guys are just sitting back, AR going to eat you up. But if you can get up and bump and run and send four or five or disguise like you're sitting for, sending four or five and y'all back up into a zone, you got him. That first quarter going to be the tell of what each other like to do. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers because the Rams offense can't score. They just, I like, I love a rookie acres as the running back, Woods, Cup, but you know who do it for me. Jared Goff just don't do it for me right now. I don't see them winning with, with Jared Goff, with Jared Goff as their quarterback, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the Packers. And the only reason why I'm taking the Packers is because I'm scared of Jared Goff and how he plays sometimes. I like the Packers as well. And it's not just Jared Goff's play. It's also that he is compromised by that thumb injury and coming back as quickly as he did. So take his struggles even without an injury, add an injury on top of it. I'm with you there, Ike, and I will also take the Packers. You've got Ravens at Bills. The Bills a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And, Ike, my cause for concern with the Ravens is that they only put up 20 points against a bad Titans defense in their AFC wildcard matchup. I know the Ravens have a really, really great defense, but I can't help but think. I know we talked about Mike Tomlin's decision to punt in the Steelers-Browns game. Titans coach Mike Vrabel's decision to punt with 10 minutes left in that Titans-Ravens game with the Ravens down four, and you're at the Ravens' 40-yard line. If they decide to go for it and convert on that play, I think we might be talking about a Titans team that is in this matchup and not the Ravens. And so I can't help but think about that. Again, only 20 points put up against the Titans – the Bills came into the playoffs as the hottest team in the league. I'm rolling with Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, and the Buffalo Bills to win and cover as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I'm going to go with their running game. Last year, they didn't. They had Ingram, but they didn't have Dobbins. This little young boy from Ohio State, he's been running like crazy. Last year, you asked for, for Lamar Jackson in the pocket and couldn't do it this year he's not he's not sitting as much but he is throwing the pocket so here we go um, it's, it's, for me it's more of the chill I, I, I think what I like about Lamar Jackson is he know what he has around him he know he got a good defense and and everybody's not going to put up the points he knows he has to sit in the pocket a few times in the game and deliver a ball and get hit he showed me that last week and by the way I can run the ball so y'all looking for Derrick Henry to run the ball on us Y'all saw what I just did on the Tennessee Titans defense. I ran the ball all the way down their throat. I look at 
the Titans and the Buffalo Bills defense pretty much the same. They're good at adjustment. They're good at what they do. But you, you can still pull points up on the, on the Buffalo Bills defense. But just off of and, – and I saw two drives that Josh Allen showed me what he did in Houston. It got nut crunching time, and his eyes got wide open. And I saw that body language on the sideline like, oh, this happened to me last year. I saw it. I saw it. Lamar Jackson would love – he would love that challenge. He would love that. Oh, it's crunch time? Coach, I got this. Everything got to be good. It got to be going good for Josh Allen. And I saw it this year on the sideline. That's the only thing that scares me. He relapsed mentally. And what happened in the Houston game last year, I saw it this year on the sideline. The defense I can't believe you, Ike. I can't believe you because... You've been so high on the Bills all season long. And the reason why I wasn't as high on the Bills early on as you were is I looked at the Bills the previous two seasons and that Josh Allen had the lowest completion percentage in the league in 2018 and 2019, up to nearly a 70% clip during this last season in the 2020 season. But I think, Ike, that, that Lamar Jackson touchdown run has had to have been on loop in the Taylor household all week I, long headed I, into this game. I can't believe you're picking the Ravens over the Bills in this one. Mark, I, I saw it in his eyes, in Josh Allen's eyes. You saw you I just, can't you believe just it, Ike. It's one game. It's one and done. This ain't no series. This ain't no series in the league. You won and done. It, that one game lost him against Houston. This one game, the defense bailed him out. I saw it, so I, I, I had to change it. If I didn't see it in Josh Allen's eyes, man, give me the bills all day. But the fact that what I saw, hell no. Hell no. I'm taking the Ravens. That's some AFC North partisanship. I see what you're doing, Ike. I'm only, I'm only joking around. We'll get to the last matchup, Bucks at Saints. No country for old men. Tom Brady, 43 years old. Today is Drew Brees' birthday. He's 42 years old today, Ike. So this matchup, did you see that graphic that got put out on social media of Brady and Brees on the History Channel? It's fantastic. I love it. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks on this one. I'm taking the Bucks on this one because uh, A.B. <laughs> A.B. is back. He's back. He's back. I see when they talked about AB when he was doing bad. Nobody wants to talk about AB when he quietly he's doing good. AB quietly is the jingle piece to this offense. So I'm taking, I'm taking the Tampa Bay, and I, I'm not gonna bet against the goat. Not in play, not in playoffs. That's all the goat want. Good Tom Brady just want to make the playoffs. That's all he want to do. Here to here, take from here. Hey, y'all, get me to the playoffs. I got y'all. I got y'all. <laughs> and he has a better receiving core than he's ever had. So I'm, I'm taking running game. You saw Leonard Fournette. Like Leonard Fournette probably had one of his best games last week. I'm like, dang, Leonard, where you been at, though? I'm taking TB12. I'm taking over the Saints. The case against the Bucks, Ike, is going to be the fact that the Buccaneers 
during the regular season did not beat any playoff teams with the exception of their blowout win against the Green Bay Packers. They get the Washington football team in the wild card round, which let's be honest, the Washington football team has a good defense and a great front four with all the first rounders up there. But if you're an NFC team, that's the draw you would have wanted. So that would be the case against the Bucs. But I like the Bucs to cover plus threes. The third time they'll be going up against their divisional opponent. But maybe most importantly, they get linebacker Devin Whiteback, the team's leading tackler, a guy who had nine sacks on the season. So with him coming back for the Bucs, I think that helps them get over the top against the Saints in this divisional round matchup. Yeah, I'm taking the Bucs, bro. I know time in the postseason. I like the emergence of of AB and Tom looks like he's been going to him of late, especially during crunch time. And I'm just saying AB, we ain't even talking about Godwin. We ain't even been talking about Brake. We ain't even talking about Mike Evans. I just named AB. So he really got like five receivers. He can really slash the ball to whenever he want to. Tom gonna let us know, man, y'all, y'all got me effed up in the regular season. Check out what I do <laughs> in the postseason. Ike, as we start to wrap up here on the Believe in Steelers podcast, Urban Meyer's going to the Jags and Robert Sala to the Jets. And I know we talked about a week or two ago about all the head coaching vacancies. I did think it was pretty telling that the two teams with blank canvases in terms of large cap space and a number of first and second round picks, those are the first two jobs filled in terms of when we were talking about what the most appealing job would be, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on both of those hires for both of those franchises. I thought in a perfect world, I thought it should have swapped. I thought my should have went to the Jets. I think Salas should have went to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but here's one of the reasons why I think coach Myers went to the Jacksonville Jaguars because of his connection to Florida. Because of the recruiting, you know, because he won to Florida because he won championships in Florida because, you know, he's pretty much Florida. Like Coach, Coach Myers is pretty much Florida when you want to talk about that pipeline of connection when it comes down to athlete and drafting. Coach Salas is for to rebuild a team that bad for, for the Jets. They found the perfect guy for that. I'm just being, I'm being selfish in my thinking because of what Coach Salas can do with all case in Jacksonville. I know exactly what we can do with it when it comes down to the defensive side and getting the offense that pretty much can balance away his defense. But those those two coaches, Urban Meyer for me, it's the pipeline in Florida. Coach Allen, I think, you know, as, as much as I wanted to see him down in Jacksonville, I think for the New York Jets, that is the perfect. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't pick a perfect pick for a head coach than Coach Allen. So you know, selfishly speaking, I would love to swap, but I see, I see, I see what's gonna happen. Yeah, shout out to Coach Sala, man. It's been a long time coming for him. He's 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 been up in talks for a long time for a couple of years, and he has the cap space to pretty much do what he wants to do and make his team his personality. And that's aggressive on defense, and we're gonna ground and pound the football on offense. So we happen to have him a quarterback. He just need to get some receivers in the running back, which I know he will. So they're, I, they're going to be the same friend of, of, of the East, I think. And the Jets will be the same friend of the East. You mentioned the connection Urban Meyer has to Florida, likely getting Trevor Lawrence. 
guy who played at Clemson, Clemson, South Carolina is not that far from Jacksonville either. So you get the regionalism, you get some appeal there. I think that they're going to sell some tickets. And I, upon hearing this news, I was just like, I want to go to the pool and watch a game at Everbank or whatever it's called in Jacksonville now, whatever the stadium's called. But I mentioned the blank canvases for both of these teams. I'll run that by you really quickly. So Jags, number one overall pick. They also have another first round pick, two second round picks and a third round pick. The Jags also have $75 million in cap space. And then the Jets, $71 million in cap space, two first round picks, a second round pick and two third round picks. So both of those coaches, you pair them with front offices, get on the same page and mold a team to your liking. And if you can get in sync there, you could be talking about future success for both the Jaguars and the Jets. Yeah, that's the word you just use, general manager. That's going to that's gonna be key. That, that's going to be, because if y'all not on the same page or you catch a general manager that don't know how to grade or look at players coming from college or don't know what he's looking at players that's already in the NFL, man, it's not going to be good for you as a head coach. So for me, I'm looking for, I, I would love for Omar Khan. Uh, he's been in talks. I would love for Omar Khan, who could have went to Jacksonville or the Jets. Uh, Ozzie Newsom for the Baltimore Ravens, who, who's sitting there as the vice president now. If I was the head coach, um, Kevin Colbert, I see, I see Seattle just restructured their GM. They gave him a deal to 2027, 25, something like that. I'm, I'm trying to, since I got all this cap space, I'm going there and I'm trying to get that GM or those GMs because every year we talk about these teams being in the playoffs and trying to make a run for the Lombardi. So I need to get an older guy who understands, who understands one head coach, two, and how to get the players. And I'm going to sit and I'm going to groom a, a guy that I want under the older GM. So that's just my way of thinking, bro. Maybe I could be wrong, but I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's too bad, but if I'm one of those two guys, I, I for sure, I would have tried to steal one of these OG GMs and uh, just give me a year or two. Let me learn from you, too, as a head coach. And here's a guy I want to, to take your place in a couple of years. Are you willing to do this? And how much do I need you for two years for you to, you to groom me as well? That's what I would have did. Let me piggyback off that, Ike. Coaching is important in both of these hires, but you've got to give the coaches the personnel to get the job done. If I don't give you the ammunition to actually make the kill, the gun's only so effective. And so I've got to be able to provide the ammunition to be actually get the job done. And so I think you bring up a great point in the sense that the general manager's role with both of those organizations, just because it is an open canvas still, we don't know exactly who each of those teams are going to take with all of those picks. That might be more important than who the head coach is, at least early on as they start to develop and try to regroup. But Ike, it's always a blast talking with you here on the Believe in Steelers oh, podcast. Yeah. Any final thoughts you have before we sign off here? Man, shout out to Bet Online. If anybody want to bet online, 24 7 365 go check out better online shout out to manscape for keeping mark and i groomed below the belt well nice shout out to believe podcast man y'all been rocking with us y'all gave us the opportunity since day one shout out to mark bergen of course also want to give a shout out to all the viewers and listening for, for giving us comments rates and reviews make sure y'all five star us 
Ike Taylor, Mark Bergen, all the time, 24-7. This is playoff football in 2021. I'm not going to close it, but I'm going to let Mark close it. But I always like to say peace. <laughs> Ike, you're the best. Appreciate the folks at the Believe Podcast Network as well. And for any of the viewers or listeners, let us know. We've put together some more social media videos out there, more side-by-side videos, a little bit of a new template, new format. So let us know how you like that. Again, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read that here on the show. So always appreciate hearing from the listeners. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will keep you updated as the NFL playoffs continue on. Enjoy the divisional round. Take care. So long, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.